You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Tempo Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast, except, you know, when we're not watching a VHS. And that's this week. This week is our start of two Christmas fun, kind of odd, and I like them, fun tales of Christmas. Matt, what did we watch? We watched the new, uh, you can watch it on Netflix now, Alien Xmas. This is the story of the very first Alien Christmas. This is Earth. We will build the ultimate weapon, and their stuff will be our stuff! <laughs> Who are you? The world could never have predicted how alien it would be. Do you have a plan B? <laughs> nope. We watched it uh, due to the fact that it is brought to us by the Chiodo Brothers, who we have talked about many times, and I'm sure we'll talk about many times again. <laughs> yeah, so Steven Chiodo directed this, and he directs most of everything they do because he's the he sounds like the leader, in my opinion, of the you know he he's getting the two artists behind him, you know, to get in line. Because it's probably like wrangling cats, but he's been doing it his whole life. So, <laughs> yeah, the force to be reckoned with the, the three of them. I wonder what that household was like when they were growing up with those creative minds. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a lot of. Well, I mean, you also had the, uh, you know, Sam Raimi and his brother, all three of them. That could be an interesting thing. And then throw in Bruce Campbell when they're older. So I imagine that family was kind of like the same. You know, you had one of the leaders and then one actor and then one writer. It's like already hard enough to have uh, one creative in your household. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine three of them running around just being the crazy weirdos that creatives are. <laughs> yeah, I imagine their mom and dad's like, could you uh, guys clean your rooms? And they come back like 20 minutes later and they've taken all their trash and turned it into like more trash. <laughs> but they're like, mom, it's a piece of artwork now. But trash they can display. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted you to clean your room for once. <laughs> Let's get into Alien Xmas. Now, I hadn't heard of this. If you wouldn't have brought this up, this would have probably went underneath my nose. And one of the main reasons is I don't watch Netflix. I own it. Or I don't own it. Yes, I own Netflix. By the way, man, <laughs> we are rich. <laughs> Yay, so many new tapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we use our fortune on. Damn it. We're so awesome. <laughs> Some might call us dumb. We call us spectacular collectors of junk. We're doing it for the environment, you know? We're getting the plastic uh, <laughs> off. We're, we'll hold it for everybody. Yeah. One day, the world's going to run out of plastic, and they're going to come to people like us. <laughs> and we're going to be like, sorry, I'm not going to melt down any of these tapes because I need them all. Well, you can, have these, you can have these Titanics and True Eyes. I got a lot of those for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, this would have went underneath my nose because I have Netflix, but I hardly ever watch it. Uh, I'm mostly you know, on Shutter and watching these damn tapes, so I just waste a lot of money. I have uh, 
Netflix as well. And I'm rarely on it these days as well. I've just the stuff they're having is skewing more for kids, it seems, and teens. And I'm I'm just not their market right now, Netflix. Um, but yeah, like I said, I the only reason this one's on my radar because I heard it was the Chiotos doing it, and I haven't seen anything of theirs in a really long time. So I was really excited that they were going to be doing this. Uh, so that was the only reason it popped up on my. Otherwise, I would have just thought it was another Netflix kids thing because that's what they've been pumping out so hard lately. Yeah, every time I go to it, it's a bunch of series. Uh, that's what Netflix seems to do really well. Uh, they have a few movies, obviously, I like. But yeah, I agree. They're not really skewing to me because I'm just not a series guy. So I kind of like stick on this outer rim of weirdness. But this kind of fits in. So, you know, I went back on and checked out what I've missed in the last, I don't know, six months, it feels like. Looking at this, you know, I like this. Uh, always looking for something interesting in the Christmas time because, you know, I'm not the miracle on 34th Street type of dude. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Obviously, we we talk about weird stuff like this and the other movie we're going to be talking about this month, like just those alternate Christmas sort of things are always of interest to me. And, y- you know, you could do like the the gremlins and the diehards also which i don't get me wrong i love but that's kind of what everybody does so like i'm always kind of looking for the next weird thing and uh yeah i'm glad we stumbled across this uh alien xmas movie because it kind of is fringe a little bit uh and that was fun to even though it's on netflix it was fun to have something a little different other than Rudolph and the Rankin Bass and all those kind of things that uh, we we often see on Christmas on TV. Yeah, and this started as a book drawn by Chucky Chiodo, Charles Chiodo, and I love his artwork. That's always a lot of fun to look at. And I was surprised that this was stop motion because stop motion is very difficult and takes quite a long time. And then I saw that it was supposed to be a full length movie, but I guess they couldn't get anyone to fund it. I think it works, you know, based on a children's book. I think it works better in this like kind of 40 minute format Mm -hmm. than if you were to try to drag it over an hour and a half. Even something like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas is only like 70 minutes, you know, so like keeping it shorter with animation stuff is always better in my brain. But the uh, yeah, I was also surprised by the stop motion as well. I I had read that it was stop motion, but in my head, I was still like, it's a Netflix movie. There's probably pieces that are stop motion, but there's no way that this whole thing is going to be stop motion. And to my pleasant surprise, the whole thing was. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more like the Lego movie stop motion where it's off the stop motion style, but it's still, you know, it's all computer generated, which it's fine. I mean, I love the Lego, the Lego movies, spectacular to watch and all the stuff that they do with the Lego characters, but it's not, you know, old school stop motion. That's what just shocked me when I looked at this. I was like, what? Really? I thought only Wallace and Gromit was still doing this. Yeah, this was yeah, this was totally nice to see. I really haven't seen like a full I I mean, again, this is like a full feature. It is only like 40 minutes long, but I haven't seen a full thing that was stop motion like this in years. So that was really cool to see. I, I, you know, you see a couple of random stop motion things pop up in kitschy movies every now and again, but it's it's getting rarer and rarer these days and even even rarer to have a full length thing that is all stop motion. I don't really want any more full length stop motion films because I want more of them. And I feel like if you get 30, 40 minute ones like this, 
we'll we'll still get them. They'll consistently come out. You know, I'm not looking for two or three a year, but at least one. Exactly. Because they take such a long time. I mean, this movie took over two years. The patience that you have to have to have that, I could never have. I, you know, like one frame. All right, move it slightly. One frame. I can't do it. I could never do it. Yeah, I have somewhere. It might be destroyed now because of the flood of my house, but I made a, a full stop motion wrestling match of about seven minutes. And I did that with a video camera and we had a video camera that took one frame at a time. I don't know how this worked, uh, but it would be click, 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 click. And oh man, I made that downstairs. And I, you know, my parents used to play that all the time for people. I did a few other ones too, but it's so much work. It might not be seven minutes. I'm, it could be three. It just felt, you know, like it took seven hours to make. That's awesome. Yeah. If you ever find that, I'd love to see that. <laughs> I would too. Um, I asked them about it and they're like, well, you can look at all these blank tapes, but all the blank, and not blank tapes, but they're filled with, you know, cartoons or whatever. But most of them, are molded Mm. and they've had to be thrown away throughout time so it may be lost in the trash fill of missouri you know in the (laughs) trash fields of missouri who knows but that was fun i remember doing it and that was part of my first like super creative thing that i ever did with technology so you've got this deep connection then to stop motion i you know i always considered you an animation guy but i i didn't realize you had such a early connect with stop motion it is the easiest thing at least for me to get into when I was younger. So, you know, I used to, I I went through a long time where I'd look up the just strangest stop motion you could find. And if you guys ever want to go online, Russia, Germany had some of the strangest stop motion. Like there's one in a bakery that was made in the early 1900s where it inspired the trip to the moon, you know, where the moon gets shot by a bullet. And this guy's just, he's making a face in a bakery. And it's only like, a couple seconds of stop motion, but it's just the face moving. I don't know how they did that because from what I can see, it's from the early 1902 and that kind of stuff is just bizarre, but you can even go further into these old like Russian ones. And one is called, let me pull up the titles because I had them. Frogland is one where it's, it's nightmare fuel. (laughs) I mean, just (laughs) go online, watch these things they're so strange fun in the bakery shop was the first one from 1902 that i was talking about and there's other ones uh mexico did a lot of them you can just go online look at these things they're they're easy to find because of youtube rest them but you can just go down a funky rabbit hole this would be something i gotta do because you know i'm familiar with some of the stop motion animation like you know i mentioned the rankin bass and the christmas ones and things like that but i haven't really like other than seeing it used in like a bunch of 80s movies when I was growing up, uh, I haven't really explored too much of the whole world of stop motion animation that, you know, the all these early films you're talking about and some of the foreign ones. I need to explore all this stuff because I do love I love the technique. I love the craft of stop motion. I, I love that it the that it's there, the physicality of it, the fact that you could see it. It's a camera capturing something that's really there (laughs) like it's it's very satisfying and i love the artistry of it even if i don't Mm -hmm. love the story i love the way it it comes together you know then i got into the the bigger ones you know with king kong which you walk into my apartment and i have a poster of that king kong is probably what inspired me the most to do anything like that and to get into it because it's just it's a movie i can still watch today Uh, i probably haven't watched it in like two years but i've watched it so many times that's 
probably what started my addiction to just watching these. I'm pretty sure it's King Kong. It's amazing, right? Like, <laughs> what what a great uh, what a great gateway into effects and animation and stuff like that. It holds up today. It the effects look amazing. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. Getting back into the Chiodo brothers, Edward does all the models and everything, and you can see it inside uh, Stan Winston's studios. You can go to their website. They did a interview with them about this movie, and in front of them, it's just all his models that he makes. I can't imagine, because if you're their parents, okay, so the one, you know, when Charles is drawing and everything, paper, pencil, pens, you know, that's not too expensive. Then you got Steven, who's probably like, I don't know, giving them ideas and whatever, helping them direct their little films. That's fine. But could you imagine Edward's stuff? That's like clay and Legos. That's all the expensive and dirty stuff. So he yeah. must have been the child where they're looking at and they're like, oh, the rest we could control. This one's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. this, this, one's got, this one's got an expensive habit. <laughs> <laughs> There's always got to be that one in the family. <laughs> But all of his puppetry and models that he's made throughout time have been amazing. But these are just so much fun because they're just they're different than when we're what we're used to. Because, you know, one of the one of my favorite puppets, you know, not talking about critters and not talking about, you know, clowns. You know, you look at his Team America stuff and what they did for that. And I just don't think it gets enough credit because it was just so wildly creative and nuts. They, they banked a whole movie on having these puppets as stars. And I mean, the puppeteering work is so good in that movie. You forget when you're watching it halfway through that these aren't real people, you know, like it's a joke because obviously they're doing the reference to, you know, the sixties things with the puppets and everything like that. But even though it's a joke, the artistry, like these things still look and move amazingly. (laughs) Like it's not just like a gag. But it is a gag. That's what but I it love is about. a gag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just nuts. That whole movie is nuts. They did some incredible work on there. Like I said, you almost forget halfway through that those aren't just people. <laughs> and then they have puppet sex and it's hilarious. <laughs> and it was cut down for time. What I always love about that movie is they couldn't get anyone to do it. But, you know, this team and the Chiodo brothers <laughs> coming in because <laughs> the story of them calling Jim Henson. And Jim Henson just refusing, Jim Henson Studios refusing to call them back. And they left mel- multiple messages. And and then and then Jim Henson goes on and works on Happy Time Murders, uh, you know, 15 years later after, <laughs> after they reject Team America. So funny how things always come around. <laughs> and I will tell you, uh, Team America is the better film. Yes, and Team America is sort of the lasting one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when I, when you say like, this one or you've mentioned critters or killer clowns and then watching this movie the chiotas they do have this style where you can kind of tell their creatures are theirs you know not maybe just off the bat right away but put them in a lineup you'd be like yeah these all go together there there's something about the shapes and the way the cartoonish way that all these things look their style from puppets to in team america up to the stop motion alien here they, they look kind of the same. You can tell they're kind of coming from the same mind, which is cool. I bet if you did an entire like reel of their stuff, it would change a little bit, but you could tell. Right. There's working from the same hands. You know, you could kind of see where 
yeah, the the influence is there. Yeah, and they did the um, Pee Wee Herman stop motion stuff from the first and second film, didn't they? I think so. Like the large Marge face. I think so because it looks like, it looks like their brand too. Still, so <laughs> it also fits. And uh, Ernest scared stupid. Yes. They did some uh, special effects in that, too. Again, it looks like them. Right. It just has their their undeniable style, which is cool. One of one of my favorites that they did that doesn't get talked about, I think, enough. And it's because the movie is whatever. But like uh, Dinner for Schmucks, which I really like, but I get it's just like a kind of a cringe comedy. A lot of people don't really love it that much. And it kind of it's been out for like 10 years and it, it isn't, you know a huge thing anybody talks about. But what I really like in that movie is the Steve Carell character does these little mice dioramas where they have them in different scenes. And the Chiodo brothers did all of those. And uh, I love those little, that was the best part of that movie for me were these crazy dioramas that they, uh, that this character makes and they show you tons of them throughout the movie and they're all hilarious and fun. And that's another one of this, their kind of things you could just, again, you could just kind of tell it's coming from their warped brain. And I really, I really like those. And that's like one of the standouts from that movie for me. Yeah. That's really all I remember from that movie. So I, I mean that movie, I just, I don't, I don't think it stuck with many people. Yeah. It's just kind of a cringe comedy from the early 2010s. It's, yeah. you know, it's that office humor, that Paul Rudd humor that, you know, it was, isn't the best for kind of either of them or anything, not a standout, but had that weird aspect of those mice dioramas. That was enough to kind of hook me. <laughs> Well, getting into this film, it's pretty simple. We have a little alien named X who volunteers to come down to Earth to steal all of our toys? Stuff. Just stuff in general. Okay. And it happens to be Christmas when the most stuff is, you know, being given and probably easy access. And they they go to the North Pole right before Christmas. And, of course, we've got Santa Claus... I feel like so many of these movies do this is where Santa Claus is either trying to upgrade his sled or do something to deliver toys faster, or you'll have another one where they're trying to make better toys. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like a lot of these kids movies now do this in the past 20 years. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. The upgraded sled alone, I've seen a few times. Yeah. So, yeah, they're doing that again here with our, our, but not, I've seen it also where they have like the Santa who's really like, you know, we got to do this. We got to do this. We've kind of got a pretty gentle Santa in this mm-hmm. one, though, even though they're they're upgrading stuff for this year. Yeah, he's doing more, though, like, I trust you. So he's basically putting a uh, pressure on him because of guilt. Like, I can't let Santa down. And it's the father of a daughter. And he is trying to make a super sled. Yeah, he's an elf. He's got an elf daughter. And to make up, make it up to her. He that he's never around because he's always working on this thing. He gives her this alien that he finds in the shop who is our alien X that is trying to help the Kleps. Of course, they're called the Kleps because they want to steal everything. Klepto. Uh, <laughs> very cute. Um, and helping the Kleps steal all this stuff. So the this father gives the daughter the alien he finds there because the alien's playing dead so it doesn't get caught. And then it starts their friendship and kind of starts him warming up to the idea of what Christmas actually means. And maybe they shouldn't start steal all this stuff. That's the whole point of the film is it ends up, you know, the alien X learns about kindness. Uh, you know, what, not what 
I don't know. He learns about like kindness, not, you know, don't steal. And he was given something. So he feels loved. And I guess he never felt that. Or the aliens as general as a whole never felt that. He ends up not stealing the stuff and then goes good. But the other aliens come down and say like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's not how this works. And I think it then just becomes the Christmas, good Christmas versus evil stealing aliens at the very end. Mm-hmm. And then we have an ending and it's pretty quick. You know, it's an easy film. Uh, there's no like C storylines, D storylines, which would have happened if we would have had a fully fleshed out movie. And I just don't I don't want that for these type of films. I want an A plot. Maybe a B plot would be the sled. And then that's all we have. And that's why it's 40 minutes. It breezes by. It never stays too long. It's cute. I like everything. But it's just the big highlight of this is just looking at stop motion. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the hook, really. Because the story, you've seen it a bajillion times. It's kind of, you know, X is kind of the runt of the the alien. So it's kind of a Rudolph story. It's kind of a nightmare before Christmas kind of story where he's discovering a Christmas town. And then it's kind of like a Grinch story where it's like he learns to, you know, the true meaning of Christmas and not to not steal and all that stuff. And, you know become part of the town. So it's kind of a mashup of those three, which are just kind of the typical Christmas stories. But yeah, you're not going to see this thing for the story. You're watching this thing for seeing all the cool effects and everything like that. One of the things I really liked in this movie was the alien comes down with a multitasking bot or whatever, and he can do all these things. And the bot thing looks really cool that he comes down with his little R2-D2 thing um, (laughs) that builds on itself and can and is doing all this stuff to build like a satellite that can like track all the presents and toys and all the things in the world that they're going to steal. I liked that little uh, that little bot that they made. That's probably my highlighted character of all the models that he drew and then, you know, his brother made. Uh, yeah, probably because it reminds me of R2-D2. <laughs> it's like an evil R2-D2. Like yeah. on autopilot and just can do everything. <laughs> yeah, and, and some of these character voices sounded familiar, but I couldn't place them. You know, it wasn't like super popular voices, but I've heard them before. So they probably got a lot of good experienced voice actors because all of this sounded good. The sound was good, uh, all the effects. So, I mean, this is just really a solid stop motion Christmas movie. Absolutely. And then you were you were even talking about how, you know, it's kind of a breezy watch at 40 minutes or whatever. Even at 40 minutes, I feel like I finished this thing in like two minutes. I, I sat down to watch it like with lunch one day and I was just like, oh, it's over already. Like it flies by. Yeah. So I think it has replay value for years to come. I'm not saying this is going to be a classic for everyone to watch, but it's certainly one that you could watch every other year. And I think just good rotation yeah it's just cute it's just cute kids will like it parents won't be annoyed by it it's got like a cute message uh and existing on netflix is gonna help eyes get on it and everything too and truly to like our listeners that like stuff like killer clowns and critters and stuff like that even though this movie isn't you know horror movie or as sort of dark as any of those movies are i think they'll really enjoy it just because of sort of what went on behind it and how cool the stop motion looks yeah i hope one day we get a documentary of the making like behind the scenes of all the stop motion with the puppets and 
all the cool stuff that they had to do to build the sets. Because what's crazy is like everyone builds sets, you know, in these movies most of the time. But they're like they're building everything from, you know, clay to models of whatever they use. That's what always blows my mind. They're like making everything. Yeah, this isn't like you said, this isn't like a uh, Lego movie or robot chicken kind of like stop motion where it's computer animated or parts of it are computer animated or no like everything in this movie was handmade you could just tell yeah you could see it when you're watching the movie and like it, you have to build a whole world and you have to build every every set like you're saying like every single thing needs to be made handmade somehow and uh pretty amazing that they were able to you know make a 40 minute movie in today's day and age that way yeah i love it i'm glad that they got the money for it and i'm glad they got someone to distribute it I'm glad it's on Netflix. Kids will find it. You know, I feel like I said it's skewing so much for kids these days. Yeah, hopefully you know, kids will find this movie and be like, wow, this is really cool. Why does it look so weird? <laughs> yeah, hopefully it captures someone in imagination like our early stuff did. For sure. Hey, that is all I got for Alien Xmas. You got any more? Uh, no, I don't. Other than just saying, I think our audience, if they haven't heard of it or thought of it, would enjoy checking it out. So I do recommend it. Come back next week where we watch a Robin Williams movie and uh, much thicker. We a lot more to talk about in that one. Yeah, we're going to be hitting back on the uh, VHSs here. So we've got some stuff to dig into on that one. And it'll be a really fun uh, kind of Christmas episode, you know, alternate Christmas kind of movie that we'll talk about. Definitely, because this one did come out around Christmas time. So remember to be kind and rewind.